everybody, welcome or welcome back to BNB Anime. I am Blue, I am here with Brad. Today we are going to be discussing the OG Fruits Basket. But before we get into that, we're just going to be having a good old, a good old chinwag, aren't we? Uh, is that what we do here? I, I think that's what we do here. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Here's what we do here. We have a structure to this? Sort of, sort of. We have a bit of a structure. We have a, a good old yab about nothing for a bit and then we talk about some newsy bits for a bit and then we finally get to the topic of discussion sure that works for me roundabout how are you anyways i'm doing well it has been it's been an eventful week Mm -hmm. so i'm currently alpha testing a gta role-playing server so i'm officially over the russian mafia so, you know, I get to put the accent to good use. <laughs> yeah. But, so that's fun. Outside of that, I've actually been streaming a lot this week, surprisingly. Yeah, that's fun. I don't I don't understand what's possessed me to start streaming so much, but it's been it's been a lot of fun. I Good, have I'm glad. No complaints over it. But outside of that, I have I have nothing Oh, I have also registered to get my first vaccination. Ooh. So April seventh, I'm gonna be doing that, so that's exciting. Yeah. But that that's it. I've done nothing else of note. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Ooh, what have I done recently? Not very much, I feel like. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. It, it's one of those things where I feel like I've done a lot, but I also don't feel like any of it's been productive. <laughs> I know the feeling. Yeah. So yeah, I've been, I've been working on some fun new projects, as always. I mean, am I ever not? I mean, right? Um, my MRI is right around the corner now. Mm-hmm. That's next week, so yeah, that's um, promising. Gun about day? Yeah, uh, and it snowed today. Oh, snow in March, the end of March. Yeah, I mean, we, it's kind of normal here where mm-hmm. I am for it to snow in March, April time. Mm-hmm. It's just been so warm recently that I think we were all kind of like fingers crossed and hoping it was done, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it snowed today. I don't think it's going to be much longer before it's all melted. But yeah, I don't know. It's been pretty chill. You're getting there. You're getting yeah. there. Yeah, getting there. So one other thing I have to talk about is I'm full of sadness. Oh, why? Everything is ended, mate. Dr. Stone ended today. ReZero ended Wednesday. Attack on Titan is ending Sunday. Uh, it's just, uh, I'm not, I'm not ready. Not ready. I really wasn't ready for ReZero to end. Dr. Stone, eh, all, all in time, I guess. But on the bright side, My Hero Academia starts tomorrow or yesterday whenever this episode releases. So if you're caught up on My Hero Academia, then Season 5 has officially begun. Yeah, I am kind of excited for the, this coming My Hero. Because this, I think, is going to be the first My Hero season that I'm going to be, like, in the know about at the moment. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I've watched everything else much later than when it was coming out, you know? Mm-hmm. You say that, and yet you aren't going to be watching it week to week. I'm not. But I still get to live in the moment with it. I mean, yes. <laughs> but also, no? <laughs> I know, right? I know. Is that how that works? I don't know. No, not at all. I can't I can't make excuses for you not watching things week to week uh, anymore. 
I, I have no excuses. I just am not one of those people that has the schedule to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been good with schedules. I've never been good at sticking to routines. You know that thing where the, it's like supposedly if you do something every day for two weeks straight, it'll become a routine and it'll stick in your brain? Yeah, I think it takes like 21 days to build a new habit. Yeah. A bullcrap. Bullcrap. Either that, or I'm really good at breaking habits. I mean, but you also have, like, your brain goes 100 miles an hour. That is true. So it's kind of, it. I could see it being hard for you to build new habits or stick to stuff, especially, like, watching an anime week to week. Yeah, I find it really, really difficult. Whereas for me, like, I have to sit down and make myself watch it, because otherwise I'm not having shit spoiled for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and see, I'm pretty good at avoiding spoilers, I think, over the years, because I have, from literally, like, early internet days, been tasked with avoiding spoilers on the internet because of the fact that I don't watch things when they first come out. I feel like I've mm-hmm. developed a really good skill at, like, having a an idea of where, like, a comment is going or a meme is going or whatever and, like, being able to dip before I see anything. Well, I mean, not only that, but you also don't keep up with a lot of the anime news and stuff. No, that is true. Since I'm the one that takes care of all that, so I'm the one following all the hashtags and everything, so I'm just, like, constantly have to have blinders on because otherwise I'm in trouble. Yeah, I am not a, like, I I used to be pretty active on Twitter, and and I follow a lot of, um, like, cosplayers on Instagram and stuff, so I do, I, like, I, I, yeah, cosplayers are, that kind of community is where I tend to target my anime social media viewing stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And there doesn't tend to be a lot of spoilers in that. Understandable. Because people have been working on their shit for, like, months, and so... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Typically, cosplay isn't something that you can come up with within a week. No. And if you can, props to you. Yeah. I mean, you get the occasional people that do stuff based on mangas, but then even then, like, they don't go into a huge description about what actually happened in the storyline. Mm-hmm. So even if it's like a, you see a character with like a, I don't know, like, evolutionary moment where their character image changes, you still have no idea how they got to that point. Mm-hmm. But yeah. <laughs> I had a thing to talk about today, and I don't remember... So, I do have a thing to talk about, though. Okay. So, cake or pie? Ooh, sweet or savory? Doesn't matter. Like, in your opinion, if you were to think of the ultimate cake versus the ultimate pie, which one is better, in your opinion? Pie. But why? Because I don't have much of a sweet tooth, and pie has more savory options. See, understandable. But, freaking little, like, onion cake things, they're so good. Mm-hmm. Really, really good. But yeah, no, I love me some shepherd's pie, some vegetable pie, some cream and onion pie. I used to be a huge beef and beer pie kind of gal, but since Mm -hmm. I don't eat beef anymore, beef and like beer and vegetables doesn't really, like you can't really cook vegetables in beer and get the same flavor. Nope. Wine, on the other hand. You could do, yeah. Yeah, no, pie. What about you? See, I'm... As someone who doesn't have that much of a sweet tooth either, I'm going to have to go with cake. Really? Because I've had a lot of different pies, I've had a lot of different cakes, and ultimately, I just think cake wins. I can, I see your point. I I mean, if I'm going for just the sweet options, then yes, I would also choose cake. I just like me some savory pie. You see, I've had, like, 
shepherd's pie and all those other kind of savory pies as well. It's just, again, whenever it comes right down to it, like, just for the debate itself, I just think cake flat out wins. Because mm. a lot of times, and even going with a sweet pie, sweet pies aren't good by themselves. Like, everyone has to have ice cream with them and stuff like that. See, this is where we end up having a controversy, because there is a mahoosive difference between European sweet pies and North American sweet pies. You see, I think you and I have had this conversation too, because the apples and everything are different. Yeah, the apples are, are physically different. So there's a an apple, I think it's called like a Branson apple or a Bramson apple or something. I can't remember the name of the actual apple in the UK that is not allowed to be grown in North America. Like you're not allowed to take the seeds over and actually plant it here because it would then be an invasive species and could ruin the environment, right? So it does not physically grow here. You cannot ship the apples over here in case the seeds somehow get out. The only way you can get those apples over here is if you were to like can them. Mm -hmm. And they are huge. They're probably the size of a, like a small pumpkin. I don't know how to describe it. Like a, like a, a melon, you know? Like, like a good size fruit. They're not like mm -hmm. a regular apple size. Probably three times the size of your regular apple. Mm -hmm. And they are so sharp. Uh, this brings us to another, another difference in language this time. When I say sharp, I mean sour. When I say yes, sour, so we use tart. yeah. When I say sour, I mean like spoilt. Like if the milk has gone mm. sour, it's spoiled. Now you see, I can definitely get that as well. I don't think yeah. that's necessarily a difference on our end between you and I. Okay, yeah. But for the listening audience, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I've I've had I've confused some people before with that because they're like, "What do you mean it's sharp?" And I'm like, it, "It's sour," but I don't want to say it's sour because that to me makes it sound like it's gone off. You see, you say that, and I realize that sharp means sour yeah. for us, but it, it just, I just like to think that the apple just comes out of the can. It's like, ha <laughs> It just stabs. It's a London apple. <laughs> It'll pick your pocket and stab you. It will. No, but they're really, 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 like, you. they're called cooking apples. That's how I was always, like, I guess it's the, the folk name or the common name. Mm -hmm. It's just they're called cooking apples because you can't eat them raw, really. So they're used in things like apple pies or apple crumbles or anything that you would make with apple, you use these specific apples with because of how sharp they are. So over here in North America, you'll often find apple paired with, like, strawberry or if you have like rhubarb, it's paired with strawberry or apple and cinnamon or apple and something else that's sweet. Apple brown mm -hmm. sugar, apple and maple, you know? Yeah. Whereas in the UK, yes, they will sweeten it a bit, but probably only about 50% of the amount of sweetness that is tended to be added in like store-bought apple pies here. Uh, well, mm -hmm. desserts in general. And it's one thing actually that Janessa has spoken about to me as well, because when she is in Japan, she says, she always talks to me about how she prefers the sweets there, all of the, the pastries and things, because they are much less sweet. And mm -hmm. it's because they tend to do the same thing that Europeans do with their dessert baking in the, in the sense that they won't add in the artificial sweeteners or the extra sweetening, like the syrups and the sauces and things like that. They will just have whatever fruit or flour it is and make the thing out of that and use its own natural sweet sweeteners and then not add anything else mm -hmm. 
So you see, I feel like European and Japanese sweets would be more up my alley then, considering how much my body detests sweets. Yeah. So I feel like that would definitely be right up my alley a bit more. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, it's one of those things that my family has never really adjusted to, having emigrated. Mm-hmm. We all find it very difficult to eat store-bought cakes and pies here, which is why I am such a baker, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my mum makes her own, makes the pastry normally because of my bad wrist. I can't roll it out properly. Um, uh, my dad does a lot of, of bread baking, although I do love to make some bread myself. And then I, I do the cakes. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you get that TikTok I sent you today, though, about the Japanese egg sandwiches? No. Mate, it shows you how to make them. They look so good. Follow. I follow this little Japanese girl on YouTube who... Mm-hmm just as like Japanese home cooking but mm-hmm. it's like she has no qualifications in anything she's literally just a, a normal a normal person you know but those are the best ones to follow I know and she just records what she's actually gonna have for dinner or breakfast or lunch or whatever mm-hmm. um, and she lives alone and it's just her her recording her, her own food and it's really interesting to just see how she does it compared to when you watch these like professional chefs do it. It's like mm-hmm. I want to I want to test out both recipes and then sit down and like do a direct food comparison, you know. So shall we shall we get into some news? I'd love to hear some news. So here's a first talking point for you. Mm-hmm. So overseas spectators have been banned from the Tokyo Olympics this year. Yes. Yeah. So thoughts on that? Oh well, um. <laughs> It seems like a long time ago now, but it probably, it actually wasn't all that long ago. I was, I had booked a plane ticket to go and see the Tokyo 2020 Olympics and uh, had, I had accommodation. I was going, you know, and then that all fell through, obviously with COVID and mm-hmm. yeah. And, and watching all of the Olympic updates throughout that time period, I know that one of the gymnasts that I was actually excited to go see um, has actually retired from gymnastics in between then and now due to injury. Huh. So, yeah, because basically it was like a, he had a long-term injury that he was getting surgery on and rehabilitation on, and it was kind of like, 2010, 2020 is my final go. You know, it's as long as I can push my body. <clears throat> my body's not going to last anymore. It's my last shot. And then mm-hmm. it got pushed back a year, and his body just deteriorated within that year that he knew it was going to anyway mm-hmm. but um yeah of course he he couldn't then compete and he was a medalist in the last olympics so i don't know it's gonna be an interesting one it's definitely gonna be one for the record books i'm glad that they're not canceling the olympics because i do feel like we kind of need something to celebrate right now mm-hmm. i'm 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 yeah i'm glad they're not canceling it i know that it would be, it's going to be a, a bit of a shocker for the economy in Japan to have spent mm-hmm. all of this money and then not get the tourism from it that they would normally get. So I just hope that it sparks an interest in a lot of people when they watch it on TV to want to go to Japan after everything's lifted. I definitely think there's going to be an increase in tourism once everything kind of opens back up, yeah. vaccines are more readily distributed and everything else. Yeah. I know they're thinking about making it a rule, at least domestically, to where you can't fly unless you are vaccinated. Yeah, I've heard that there's going to be, like, vaccine passports. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely seeming like that's kind of the way that things are heading, to where hopefully once all this clears up, I think tourism is going to expand in a lot of places, but especially in places like 
Japan or other like highly sought after places. Yeah, I think the vaccine passports are a good idea personally. I mean, you have to do them for your dogs and other animals, so I don't see why we're not doing them for ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are people that have many things to say about them, but to be honest, I I don't see a big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, even I have friends that are like somewhat against the vaccine. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's their own choice. They're more than welcome to do whatever they'd like. It's just for me personally, I'd rather just avoid the risks and just go get it. What's the worst that can happen? I missed 15 minutes of work twice. Mm. Well, I mean, as someone who's already had vaccines to be able to go to another place, like when I was small, I had vaccines to be able to live here in Canada. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, it's, it's something I've already done, kind of. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't really seem like it's a big deal to me. Yeah. And that is, obviously, I have very different personal experience to a lot of other people, so I can completely understand how it's It's scary to a lot of people. I mean, when's most people's last vaccine? When they're like 14 or 15, right? And then you get flu Uh, shots. I think it's like like... 12, unless you get a flu shot, which I've never gotten. I think for girls, it's like 14, because I believe you have to get like one that is specific for women. Uh, I think so. Yeah, because I remember getting one in high school. But yeah, I, it's, you're young, you know, other than a flu shot, you're young. Mm -hmm. And then you go a long, long, long period of time without getting a a vaccine. And a lot of people don't get regular flu shots. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden this mandatory vaccine is being kind of like thrust upon you that's been rushed really quickly. And there's a lot of press surrounding it as to whether or not it's good for you or bad for you or misinformation or, you know, exaggerated information, all of this kind of stuff. And it's definitely a very scary thing for a lot of people that aren't used to it or surrounded by it or in the medical field. You know, I can see how it would be daunting. Mm -hmm. But I definitely see it as one of those situations of this is the first time in history that everyone has worked together on a vaccine. Like the whole world came together and through funding and they had the manpower and the volunteers and the money and everything else to actually come together to make one. Mm -hmm. So although it is certainly the quickest vaccine in history, I don't think there is any less time, thought, or prep put into it. Agreed. It's just they had everything at once. Agreed. And and on top of that, you just have to think about the technological developments that we've had within the past, well, mm-hmm. since the last vaccine was made. I mean, when was the last big vaccine made? A long time ago. I can't ago. even tell you. Yeah, yeah. like a, a ways ago. Like I mean, 50, 60 years, more than likely. Yeah, I mean, I, they're constantly making new medical advancements. They're constantly able to do new things every single day because of 3D printing and just a processor being faster on a computer, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like not to mention all of the specific lab stuff that has, has, has developed over the past few years. And... All of that there has backed this and given us the foundation to be able to make this vaccine faster than we would have done previously to the point where it's debatable. I mean, obviously it is rushed, but it's debatable how that rushing came into effect. Like, was that rushing in the actual science? Which I personally don't think. I think because of the computer and technology and everything that's aiding it, I think it would have probably taken that long. Anyway, I think the rushing came within, like, legislation mm-hmm. <laughs> surrounding it and processing and, and putting it to the top of everyone's lists as opposed to it having to wait there to be approved and passed through all of these loopholes. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, it, uh, when I say like a rushed vaccine, in my mind, I don't think that the science was rushed. I think that the, the paperwork was. <laughs> mm -hmm. I definitely think what was surrounding it definitely was able to kind of help push it along. Yeah. Because again, where else have you seen a vaccine come about this quickly? But again, I don't think it's any less safe necessarily than anything else, just because they actually had all the proper resources up front to do it instead of having to wait years and years and years. Yeah. And we're killing the planet anyway. We're all going to be dead in 50 years. Yeah, what's the worst that can happen? Right. <laughs> have you seen the David Attenborough documentary that came out this year, last year? Nope. It's, I just watch anime. You should. It's, uh, it was on Netflix last I checked. It's his witness statement. I think that's what he called it. Because David Attenborough is, I think, 97 now. And it's basically mm -hmm. him talking about how the world has changed within the like, past 100 years. And with him and his research and, and his footage and, and it, like visual evidence and where the world is going to go with climate change and the environment and everything within the next 100 years and what it's going to look like coming up. It is basically like him saying, this is my last plea before, because obviously he's 97. Mm -hmm. But it's it's his last like statement to the world to be like, this is everything, you know, laying it all flat on the table. It's a really, really good documentary and I recommend watching it. I'll have to, I'll have to check it out at some point. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. I mean, all of... All of Attenborough's documentaries are beautiful. Mm -hmm. You're gonna, you're gonna have to remind me because I'm gonna forget. I will try. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. So next piece of news. Yes. So the Inuyasha spinoff Yasuhime Princess Half Demon's second season has officially been confirmed. Mm. I know a certain friend of ours that's going to be really super excited about that. Yeah, the the twins should also be really excited about that. Ooh, because I know Janessa absolutely loves Inuyasha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do the twins. And in fact, she's probably going to give you a stern talking to that you haven't seen it. Yep. Yeah, I've already had two, so what's a third? Uh, yeah, because we were messaging about it the other day, and she's like, you've seen all of it, haven't you? I was like, yes, I have. Blue, on the other hand, probably not. <laughs> So, you know, just kind of just kind of casually threw you under the bus. Nice. I appreciate that. Thanks very much. Not a problem. What are friends for? <laughs> but yeah, having a second season confirmed is really exciting. We don't know when it's going to come out. Yeah, it's exciting. Mm. Um, I'm excited. I haven't seen any of it. Janessa's going to kill me, but it's fine. I'll get around <laughs> to watching it eventually. <laughs> In fact, we could probably cover that on the podcast with it being a spinoff. I don't think we'd have to watch Inuyasha for you to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm sure it'd be a nice nostalgia trip. Yeah, actually, I would be intrigued because I always find it really interesting when one of us has seen more content to do with one subject than the other one has, and then we get this dual perspective on it. For instance, today, because I've actually seen way more of the the newer Fruits Basket that I thought I had, mm -hmm. and I know you haven't seen any. Yep. So it's going to be interesting to when we get around to discussing that because I want to know your thoughts and opinions on the original mm -hmm. and then what you would do to the new one based on that and then i will tell you then what i know of the new one and then we will have to wait and watch the end of it together because i haven't seen the second season of the new one and the third season is just now starting yeah so we'll, we'll get around to that mm -hmm. i definitely do want to i'm really interested in watching the second and third season now because mm -hmm. i I feel like it's going to be interesting. I don't I don't know how to say it without like giving stuff away and I don't want to give anything away to you right now because I want to know what you think first, you know? Then then we shall get into it. Mm -hmm. On 
the note of things getting second something or others. Tony Kawa is getting an OVA. Oh! I've seen the trailer for it. It's adorable as fuck. Yeah? Oh, it's so cute. You have no idea. Super cute. I'm so excited. Nice! So, it's releasing in Japan on August 18th, so I'm hoping they go ahead and release it on Crunchyroll and sub it. Mm -hmm. Because if they do, oh, I can't wait. It's so cute. I really enjoyed the show, so I just, I can't. I'm such a sap, man. You have all people know this you are you're a big old teddy bear uh you know it, it's just just how i am i'm a giant teddy bear mm. i always i don't think i've ever met a dude over six foot two that isn't a giant squish i mean yeah we're there's a reason the term was coined of uh, gentle giant yeah so that's just kind of that's just kind of how it is but you see, it is one of the things, though, because I've seen some really short people that have some really, really terrible attitudes. The, what is it? So I get it. Napoleon syndrome? Maybe. I think that's what it's called, where somebody's, like, short and angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, could, I could see that. That That's an accurate name. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny, uh, I guess, I mean, it makes sense, but, like, everyone I know who's over six foot two works in some form of security as well, or has worked. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah. I tried to work for security, but I'm too expensive. Too expensive. I mean, hey, I know my worth. I'm not gonna work for mm-hmm. dirt cheap. But on the, on the, since we were talking about shit ending earlier, so My Hero Academia has officially entered its final arc in the manga with chapter 306. So it'll probably, it might very well wrap up this year, depending on how quickly it releases chapters. I don't know if it's weekly or monthly, but if it's weekly, that could finish up this year. Mm. But realistically, though, that's not a lot of chapters. Because Demon Slayer had 205, and I've read that in the span of a week. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. That's interesting. But I'm, I'm excited, because again, since we talked about My Hero earlier, I'm really excited for what the season's going to do and introduce and everything else. Yeah. It's just that cliffhanger it ended us off with, that bonus credit scene at the end. Fuck. Yeah. I need to know things. I need to know things like yesterday. Yeah, there's so much more character development that can happen with my hero. And some of it is definitely necessary for some characters because they're still some of the main class that's very two-dimensional. There's one particular member of the main class that I don't think I've met anybody that likes. I think I know which one you're talking about. I I think I think most people would. <laughs> Let me guess. Purple balls? Purple balls. The little great dude. Yeah, I figured as much. It's just he, He's a pervert. Yes, and not only that, but his character, like, even outside of those quirks is still, there's no depth. Yeah. It's just a whiny crybaby. It's like, take all the bad quirks of anime MCs and add in a touch of perverted old man, and boom. And funnily enough, I feel like today, with the specific subject that we're talking about with Fruits Basket, there's a character in Fruits Basket that is always called old man and always joked about being like perverted and everything, but it's done really humorously and never in a predatory way. Mm -hmm. And it's mentioned very few and far between. But enough to give you a running joke. Yeah, like it's a running joke, but it's not like an every episode running joke. It's like every three or four episodes is kind of tossed into where you're like, ha, funny. Yeah, and it's never, it never makes you feel uncomfortable or, or like it's going too far or, Mm -hmm. you know, anything like that, because you know the character who's playing, like who's, who's 
doing those things that would suggest those things is also joking themselves. Mm, and not only that, but I feel like he's doing it to kind of ag the, you know, two people around them on yes. to kind of push them towards, you know, actually pursuing something. Yeah. So he's doing it just to dig a nail at them. He doesn't mean anything bad by it. No. And whereas in, in My Hero, it feels predatory. Yeah, it definitely. Not good. No. Not good at all. Yeah. Yeah. And so, one of the final pieces of news before we get to the big piece of news, the U.S. Justice Department has officially done an antitrust review of Sony's proposed acquisition of Crunchyroll. Okay. So, they have decided to review everything and determine whether Sony is gaining a monopoly over anime streaming rights. That was actually something that we had spoken about when we heard. Mm -hmm. Because we had discussed whether it would actually be considered a monopoly, and so the U.S. Justice Department has actually opened a case to look into it. Yeah. And if they determine that it would actually give them dominance over anime streaming, then they could either A, try to block it, or B, sue them and actually kill it. Because regardless, this is going to delay the acquisition by several months. So it's either going to delay it or it's going to kill it if they determine that something is off with it and it gives them dominance. However, I don't see how they can't see that it's going to give them dominance over it. Yeah, I don't because know. Because Crunchyroll and Funimation are the two biggest anime streaming sites to where I think those two actually outweigh... Anything else. Netflix, Hulu, and everything else. My thoughts on that, the only way that they would they would be able to get around that was if Netflix or Hulu were determined to be an anime viewing site. But I don't think that, anim that Netflix or Hulu are specific enough to be able to be an anime viewing site platform i think they're just going to be considered like a media platform you know well i think it's going to just be i think what it's ultimately going to come down to is they're going to do a comparison of libraries and see who has more of what over the other mm, but even still then there is it if even if netflix has a larger library or whatever they're not solely showing anime I feel like Netflix could very easily separate anime onto an anime Netflix app and have that as a separate thing. Or like how they have the Netflix kids yeah, section. Have a Netflix they should have an anime, anime section. section. And if they did that, which might actually be a reason why Netflix is not doing that. Because if Netflix doesn't do that now, then Sony could lose this, this suit. Whereas if they do it now, then it could be used as an argument in Sony's suit. Mm -hmm. Because in my opinion, I feel like Netflix could easily separate that and even put a whole other charge on it. They definitely could. However, let's, let's not let them obtain any more money than they already are because they already keep raising their prices. Yeah, yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't approve, but I feel like they could. Oh, 100%. Like, if it was its own separate charge and not included with the original, fuck it, I'd probably do that. Fuck Netflix. I, well, I was going to say, how many people would, in the anime community, only have a Netflix subscription for anime? That's probably going to be another one of their arguments, is are people buying Netflix for anime, or are they buying it for other things that happen to be watching anime? Because if they can find people that are legitimately only paying Netflix to watch anime, then that would make Netflix an anime viewing platform, in which case then they wouldn't have a monopoly. Mm -hmm. But again, the libraries that Netflix has of anime comparative to everything else, 
Yeah. Not only that, but if Netflix actually separated it out, then I feel like Netflix would lose a lot of its licenses to things that are on other platforms like Crunchyroll, Funimation, and stuff like that. Because Netflix got Demon Slayer, even though Demon Slayer is split between Crunchyroll and Funimation sub and dub. Yeah. So if something like that were to happen, and they did separate it and put it at its own price point, then I'd think that they would lose a lot of those licenses, or the licenses of those would drastically go up. Because mm. they would be in direct competition instead of it being, you know, just joint libraries. Yeah. So... I don't know. It's an it's an interesting conversation to have, and I'm intrigued to see where things are going to go forward from here. So, as things progress, I'll definitely make sure to keep you and the podcast informed because I'm intrigued by this. Mm -hmm. Me too. Yeah, I'm I'm very intrigued as well. So, did we talk about Oscar nominations and how Demon Slayer got absolutely snubbed? We did not talk about Oscar no nominations. So, Oscar nominations went out. And Demon Slayer, being the largest film in the world last year, got absolutely fucking snubbed. Not a single, it didn't even get a nomination, mm -hmm. which is bullshit in any category. It got beat out in the animation category by Sean the fucking sheep. <laughs> I love Sean the sheep. Bullshit. Is it still claymation or have they digitalized it? I don't know. I want to say they digitalized it oh, now weird. for that film from the poster that I saw of it because I saw a TikTok that brought that to my attention because I didn't realize that Sean the Sheep was up for fucking animation of the year at the Oscars and Demon Slayer got beat out. Sean the Sheep was an origi was originally done, I don't know if it's still done, but it was originally done by the same creators of Wallace and Gromit and you remember that old movie Flushed Away? That Yeah, same Claymation studio and um, Chicken Run as well and Chicken Run and Wallace and Gromit are British classics. Shaun the Sheep used to have these little, like, five-minute shorts that would be on on kids' TV in between, mm -hmm. like, you know when you have a, a TV show that doesn't run for the full half hour or whatever? And so, mm -hmm. um, especially with kids' shows, and so they then add in these little, like, shorts. Mm -hmm. They used to do, the Claymation Studium used to make these little Shaun the Sheep shorts. Huh, interesting. Yeah, it was those. And that's how I always knew him. From my childhood, from, I don't know, probably like five years old, I watched him on TV mm -hmm. for a very long time. See, I'm familiar with Wallace and Gromit and Chicken Run. It's just flush I'm not yeah, familiar with. Yeah, flushed away. Yeah. It was like a, I think it was them trying to make Wallace and Gromit more Americanized style mm -hmm. of things. Still British, but I felt like it, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily just for the British audience. Mm-hmm. It's like, one yeah. of those, I was never into Shaun the Sheep. I know it was popular here. It's just, for some reason, it never piqued my interest. Mm. So I was I was never a fan. I don't have fond memories of watching it. I never watched any of, I don't know if there are, like, movies or anything. I only remember those shorts. Mm -hmm. I know it was a full-on TV show here, and I know there are films. And not only are there films, but apparently they're fucking better than Demon Slayer. I would have been intrigued to have known what categories that they would have put it in had it been nominated, because mm -hmm. technically it should be in the foreign film category, but I have always had qualms with the Oscars about their foreign film categories, because mm -hmm. foreign films aren't always put in the foreign film category. Yeah, and we had, I know we discussed this a couple weeks back. Yeah. Whenever Demon Slayer was getting its, like, Academy Awards or Oscar run. Yeah. So I know you and I had had that conversation about the foreign film categories. Yeah. And, because uh, in my mind, it should be in the foreign film category because it's a foreign film. But I also don't think the foreign film category should really exist because they don't, mm -hmm. they're not consistent with it. 
So then it should just be lumped in with everything else and then put up for animation. Yeah, I mean, realistically, animation of the year and film of the year. Yeah, sound, like, best soundtrack. Like, there is so much that this film not only should have been nominated for, but should have won, considering what it accomplished last year. But for some reason, the American Film Awards are just like, fuck anything that has to do with Japan, especially when it comes to animation. I feel like a lot of it is, um, well, like, first of all, they don't take into account, I think that's something that they don't, they, they, they've spoken about, they've mentioned previously, they don't take into account, like, box office, how well it does in the box office. Well, that and probably animation studios aren't forking over money to the fucking oh, people yeah. that it's decide rigged. that kind of shit. It's rigged, but, like, allegedly, please don't sue us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know it's it's tricky it's tricky because like you want movies that you enjoy or movies that you shows that you think have done well to be rewarded for it but mm-hmm. for them to be rewarded in such a meaningless way when allegedly everything is already bought out mm-hmm. it, it it would seem patronizing yeah but back to the point as to why i brought this up so Demon Slayer Mugen Train has officially won Japan's Academy Film Prize's Animation of the Year. Nice. As it should. 100% as it should. Like, that's... uh, It deserves it. Mm -hmm. It deserves so much more than what it's getting. But the fact that it's at least winning Animation of the Year in Japan, I'll take it. It's at least some form of validation. Mm -hmm. (sighs) But yeah, that... That's all I got on the news. That's all I got on the Demon Slayer topic, because my blood is still boiling over that. Like, this isn't even, like, a personal feeling. It's just looking at everything that happened last year and how huge the film got and how it took over Japanese culture. Yeah. And not only that, but worldwide culture, like what Demon Slayer did here in the U.S. and what it's going to do whenever the film officially releases here next month. So, I don't know. Fuck it. Okay, let's jump into Fruits Basket then, because otherwise we're just going to be sad about this for forever. Yeah, time to be happy Mm -hmm. and talk about Zodiac Animals. Yes. So, Fruits Basket was a manga, and not only that, but it's a best-selling manga, written by Natsuki Takuya. Mm -hmm. It ran from July of 1998 through November of 2006 for a total of 23 volumes, Mm -hmm. and I kind of want to collect this. I own the first two volumes. After watching the show and completing all of it, I'm like, ooh, I want to I wanna buy it. I want to own it. Do they have a box set? Mm. I would like that. The please. covers are really pretty. I bet. Yeah. Because I saw the first volume photo, mm-hmm. and I'm like, ooh, that's really pretty. Yeah, they're really pretty. They're nice to have as a collection just because they would look really nice on your shelf, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, it would stand out. Like, Inuyasha's manga are all yellow. Mm-hmm. So I can I can only imagine how these would stand out and look very pretty. Mm-hmm. And then the original anime was directed by Akitaro Daichi, mm-hmm. and it was produced by Studio Dean. Its original run was from July 5th, 2001 through December 27th of 2001 for a total of 26 episodes. Yeah, I believe two of them could be classified as filler. Yes. I think so. I think it was round two. Most of them, though, were content, content, content. Pretty much. And even the ones that were filler, I didn't even necessarily consider them filler. No, there was one that I would say was absolutely filler, but it was done in, like, it wasn't boring. It was still entertaining. Mm. And there wasn't any, yeah. like, recap episodes either. 
Mm -hmm. Which was nice. Yes. Because for a 26-episode anime, you would expect that there'd be at least one recap, mm -hmm. but nah. Yeah. Which we love to see. Yes. We don't like filler here. No. In fact, we really haven't... A lot of the shit we've covered hasn't had a lot of filler. Yeah, we've actually been pretty lucky with the with the shows that we've picked. Mm-hmm. Well, we say that and we haven't tried to tackle anything massive. The most massive thing we've tackled has been Food Wars so far. Yeah. Well, Haikyuu as well, yeah. but I don't even think Haikyuu had as many episodes as Food Wars. No, because what was it, the first two seasons of Haikyuu were only one core? Uh, I think so. Or was it? Or season three was one core. I think season one was two core, and then seasons two and three were one core. Something like that. Something like that. That makes sense. Okay. Any more background? Nope, that's it. Okay. So, well, other than the fact that the this is a original, there is now the remake, which we will get into at some point. I have seen, I believe, the entire first season of the remake, but if not the entire first season, a large chunk of the first season of the remake. I think I have the first season scheduled for later on mm -hmm. this year. I think I scheduled it. Don't don't hold me to that. If it's not, I will schedule it eventually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it, it's based around this young girl named Toru who um, is going through some, some troubling times, if you don't know uh, about the background yet. Yeah. Uh, she's going through some troubling times. She is a first-year high school student, and she has a couple wacky friends, and she ends up getting kind of put in this situation where she has to get close to these other two young men who are in her same grade, and uh, they both have reputations that precede themselves. It turns out that these the family that they exist to is cursed, and when something happens, <laughs> I'm trying to be as vague as I possibly can, these people, the, this family members, these members of this family, have a um like a tick that causes them to transform into their associated chinese zodiac animal so it's it's based around toru going through high school and like everyday trials of being a teenager plus this family curse plus getting to know these boys plus getting to know the rest of the family plus her best friends and also getting through her own trials from her own experiences in life as to how she was then put in this situation to where she was kind of stuck with these boys. I think that's a, that's me saying it as vaguely as possible. Yes, while also covering everything. Yeah. So, spoiler chicken hats. Put them on. Because it's time to talk about some interesting interactions. Yeah, yeah. These trigger warnings are spoilers. <laughs> The triggers, the triggers will spoil the show. Triggers are child abuse, parental death, abuse in general, domestic violence, terminal illness. Yeah, I think that hits everything. Yeah. Okay, first impressions. What were your first impressions of the show? I like the style. I'm not a fan of the OP. I will probably get slaughtered by this. Yeah, so there was only the one OP and ED throughout the entire 26 episodes, where normally when you have a two-core, or at least in modern times when you have a two-core, you're used to having two OPs, two EDs. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not a matter of I hate it, because I don't hate it. In fact, it sounds weird to say that I'm not a fan of it, and yet I listen to it all the way through every time. Mm -hmm. Because it's pleasant, it's nice. And I watched the dub, so even the OP was dubbed for the dub. I don't know if it was actually dubbed for the sub or not. That sounds... That's a whole lot of dubbing and subbing. It was in Japanese for the sub. 
Okay. So the fact that the dub even had the OP dubbed was interesting. Mm -hmm. However, the dub was good. I absolutely loved the picks for all of the dub characters. The fact that Sabat voiced Yuki's brother yeah. had me dying because just of how, how deep his voice is mm-hmm. kills me every time. But yeah, first impressions, I liked it. I really liked the art style. I love that 90s like watercolor art style. Mm-hmm. One thing that kind of tripped me up was the eyes, especially... Toru's eyes. I agree. There were moments there where it looked like she was staring directly into your soul, and I needed a break. None of that, but just because of how huge they were, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's the show is definitely from the early 2000s. Like, that is, it's just, it's very, very dated. The anime style is very dated. The haircuts are dated. The teeny tiny skirt, <laughs> skirts are dated. The four by three aspect ratio is dated. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> that was a little jarring to get used to. Mm. I found that the subtitles themselves weren't as coherent as well. Mm-hmm. Which is just because like subtitles have gotten better. Translators have gotten better at interpreting what people are saying as opposed to trying to take the dia- dialogue more verbatim. Now mm. they will more so like put it into the same amount of syllables or try to you know and and yeah because i found in this you would often have subtitles that were way longer than the than the talking or the Mm. subtitles were really short and then the characters were talking for a really long time Mm. whereas now you'll see that like translators will try and match the length of the subtitles to the statement Mm -hmm. even if that means they're not then translating directly See, again, I just felt like the dub did a really good job of keeping pace with everything, Mm -hmm. and everything just flowed really well. Like, I didn't find the dub audio sticking out like you will with a lot of shows. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm very pleased with watching the dub on this one. I definitely did not regret watching it subbed at all. And plus, it's Chris Sabat. How could I hate anything that that man does? (laughs) That man is genius. So here, here's my biggest quarrel with it. I'll get it out of the way up front. Okay. What does this show deem as a hug? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, this is a mechanic that is so broken. I don't get it. Yeah, it seems like any any chest-to-chest contact, kind of. No, because there was, like, where they would accidentally trip, like, shoulder-first into them. It's like anything that is leaning on another. Anything that isn't hands. Touching another person is a hug. It's just, uh, so weird. I don't, it was so broken. Granted, it was hilarious. Like, just how the slightest, like, accidental lean could just cause poof. Yep. I don't, I don't know, man. It was such a weird mechanic, but I loved it at the same time. Yep. (laughs) So weird, but so fun. I, I had a, I had a great time with this, although it was slow and a drag to get through. I had a good time. Yeah, I I think hmm, I had a really good time watching it as well. I I did you find your thoughts on it were warped because of what you had seen from the reboot? Yes, yes and no. So here is my question. Mm-hmm. For the reboot, is it a Full Metal Alchemist style reboot, or is it more or less like a continuation? 
Oh, it doesn't continue. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a Full Metal Alchemist style reboot. Okay. But okay, because that's what I was. That's what I'd always had it described to me as, yeah. at least from what I had read and heard on the internet. But I hadn't. I don't know anybody personally that has seen the reboot to be able to ask. Yeah. So that was why I was curious. Yeah, from what I know, it's almost scene by scene. Mm-hmm. As far as I got into the new version, it was there like exact episodes just remade. So I'm sure your ADHD brain was dying watching this then. Yeah, it was really weird because I had forgotten a lot of what had happened in the remake. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't, I don't think I'd finished the season or I may have finished the season and then never got around to watching the second season. I just hadn't retained a lot of it. And then watching it, I was like remembering stuff. And then there were a few scenes that are added or taken away between the bit. It's almost scene by scene. I didn't get to, like, then I got to, like, I don't know, episode 16, I think, 16 or 17, and that's when I couldn't, like, I was like, oh, this is new. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of, I don't know how I feel about the ending of this version. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know how I'm going to feel if, I mean, I really hope that they didn't just remake it and then make it stretch it out for a whole nother season and then are now making a third season i really hope that it's new content if they are going to reboot something if they're going to go through the trouble of completely rebooting something from scratch not only from scratch but i believe it's a new a new studio Mm -hmm. that is doing the reboot yeah it's a new studio that's doing it so i would hope if a new studio is doing the reboot that they're going to change shit yeah i hope I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Okay. Let's. I don't know. Let's either. go into talking about some actual moments from the show. Yeah. Yeah. So Toru living in a tent. Yeah. Really sad start to the show. Really like mm-hmm. bittersweet, like melancholy start to the show. It was mm-hmm. quite jarring both times I've seen it. Her ecstatically happy attitude dealing with a situation so dire. Did you get weird, like, isekai vibes from this? Like, especially starting out, like, how she was so happy, and then, like, she's just walking home, and you're just expecting any moment for things to go sideways? I didn't, but that may have been because I'd seen it, like, the the remake, but yeah, I can see. Oh, well, how dare you, because I got, like, weird isekai vibes. I was like, okay, she's going home, she's wandering through the woods, she's gonna get truck-cooned? Are you coming? (laughs) No. But yeah, Toru, our main character, her mother had passed away, and so she had to move in with her grandfather, except her grandfather was having some remodeling done, and so she had to, instead of putting any burden on her grandfather having to go out about, she just decided to go out on her own, and so she's living in a tent. In what she believes, yeah, and what she believes is... Just, like, town-owned forestry. Yeah, but come to find out, she is staying on the property of the huge Soma family. Yes, and uh, specifically, uh, she bumps into Yuki, who is a friend from school, who is known as, like, the prince of the school. He is kind of unapproachable, very good-looking, and, uh, like, has airs about him, if you know what I mean. Mm Mm-hmm. And this man has his own fan club. Yes. Of like 50% of the female population of the school, I think they said at one point. Mm, And yet, at the same time, I get what you were talking about as far as like what was filler episodes. It was the episodes dealing with the fan club. Uh. 
And then she also bumps into, well, gets to know uh, another member of the family, Q, who is kind of the black sheep, <laughs> orange cat of the family. Mm-hmm. And then the property is actually owned by Shigure. Mm-hmm. Who is the character that we were talking about earlier with the pervert tendencies. Uh, yep. But he's pretty funny and he's got a lot of, he is a pretty deep character for someone who has such surface jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his character is very much, like, it's really weird how his character kind of revolves. Because I can't necessarily say evolves, because he doesn't necessarily have growth, but just the role that he plays within the family is so weird, because he seems like such a distrustful character at times. Yeah. Like, it, it's odd. It's really odd. Agreed. He's one of those those characters that for a long time you don't know if they're good or evil. Mm-hmm. Just because of the way that he pops up and deals with a lot of the family stuff. Yeah, and we actually never find out his background story. Unlike Mm -hmm. every single other member of the family who we Mm -hmm. learn something else about, he is the most shadowed in mystery. The most we know is that he is the dog from the Chinese Zodiac. Yes. And he's a writer. Yeah. And that's how he affords that house away from the rest of the Soma family's, like, reach. Yeah, so they have, like, their estate, and then he is living on property, like, on the land, but he is he is not within the, the walls of the estate. Mm-hmm. And so the primary gist of the story is, like, every episode or every other episode, we are introduced to a new member of the Zodiac family, and it's just them... Like, being introduced and, like, having to overcome an obstacle to show a little bit of growth. Yeah. It's it's oddly paced. Yeah, I agree. The last, like, three episodes all of a sudden di- dialed it up to 11. Mm-hmm. And yet everything before that, it was, like, if this had been a show from today, I feel like we would probably tear it apart. Agreed. Because of the way it was just one of those, it was kind of a... What was it that we watched? That was like conflict resolution, conflict resolution. Was it Kaon? Yeah. Or it was it was something. I feel like it was a music anime or something towards like every episode was conflict resolution, conflict resolution, conflict resolution. And that was that was essentially like the introduction of each of the Zodiac characters. Yes. Was just the same repetitive pattern, even though it was different stories. The pattern was exactly the same. Except for the the main two teenage boys whose conflict kind of progressed throughout the entire show, but then the resolution at the end was so... Uh, I won't say unexpected, because it was expected, but it was so curious. Like, I don't, I don't really understand why they did it that way. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things to where I'm curious to see how the reboot is going to take that relationship and see how it goes with it. Yeah, I'm very interested to see how it works in the reboot because I don't think that that ending would work for today's standards. And it makes me very curious to read the manga completely Mm -hmm. because I don't feel like, I feel like maybe they, they had to wrap it up in one season and so they rushed it you know whereas the manga mm-hmm. has it like more laid out and thought through and then this new reboot i guess yeah back to like the full metal alchemist scenario like did they wrap things up really quickly did they stray from the manga is the new version doing scene by scene from the manga and did this start off being scene by scene for the manga because as far as i've watched from both versions it's almost scene by scene but mm-hmm. i don't see how they can make two other seasons 
of the new version with the content that was left over from the original. Mm -hmm. But one thing I will say, I do like how they presented the story of the Chinese Zodiac and how they were like little conflicting bits from the story actually taking place among the characters. Mm -hmm. Like it was a old tale just kind of replaying itself with the dynamic. Yeah, and it seemed like it kind of replayed itself every generation. Mm -hmm. And then maybe I blanked on this part, but does it explain how the curse is passed down? No, it's just someone within the Soma family. So I'm assuming it's some kind of... So it's like Russian roulette for who gets the curse. Yeah. It's just whenever... I assume it's like the next born. So whenever the Zodiac... Because from what I could tell from Q and his his father figure and his grandfather, mm. it was like the grandfather died and then Q was born. So I'm assuming it's like the death and then the next baby within the Soma family huh. is the cursed. But that that's just what I got. I They didn't explain it exactly, but I, yeah. Okay, because that was kind of similar to what I thought, but I was like, did, did I just gloss over that fact? Like, did I miss something at some point? Did my brain just decide Can't to nope. wander down a rabbit trail? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. There's a lot of info that I feel like we were lacking for this. Yeah. What, uh, what zodiac animal are you? Uh. Do you know? I'm a Leo, that's all I know. <laughs> it's a different run. Yeah, I know, a completely different thing. That's the most I can what tell you. What year were you born? 95. You're a pig. Oh. I'm an ox. Well, look at you. Yeah. So, out of all of the characters in this one, or out of all the Zodiacs, which one was your favorite? Personality-wise? Or, or, better yet, which which one was the most surprising as far as, like, which animal they were? Kisa being a little tiger was really cute. That was adorable. Um, Hattori being a seahorse? Wasn't expecting that, that. That threw me for a loop. I think he's supposed to be the dragon, but dragons don't exist. So they made him a seahorse. Because mm -hmm. I don't think a seahorse is, is one of the Chinese zodiac animals. I'm fairly certain it's a dragon. Uh, let's see here. They are a rat, ox, tiger, rabbit, dragon, snake, horse, goat, pig, dog, rooster, and a monkey. So we never met a rooster. We never met a horse. And there's no seahorse, but there is a dragon. So it's either the dragon or the horse. Oh, I didn't think about him being the horse. Although I do like how they played it off with him being a seahorse. They're like, oh, where's water? <laughs> yep, um, he could be the horse. But his, his story was so tragic. Like, it makes you... Like, it takes a character that you would probably end up hating and makes him very lovable. Yeah. Also, let's talk about Akito, the main leader of the Soma family. Okay, yeah. See, mm, I don't feel like his backstory is justification for his attitude. No, dude is a fucking prick. Because I feel like I've seen characters, evil, evil characters, that I pity more than him. Mm hmm Oh, yeah. I've pitied a lot worse. Yeah. For less. Yeah. Like, I don't... They, again, I hope the reboot does a better job of telling a backstory or at least giving us more. Because dude was a prick. Yeah, and I don't really understand why they continued to listen to him other than him being the head of the family. Because as far as mm -hmm. I was aware, he wasn't the oldest of the group. No, I think uh, Hattori was probably the oldest, if I had to guess. Yeah, him and, and uh, Asahi, is it Asahi? Uh, Yuki's older brother? 
And mm-hmm. well, not only that, but uh, Shigure. Shigure, yeah, they were all in the same year at school. The three of them were all in the same year, and they were what twenty seven, I think they said. Something like that. So, and I don't think that he was was within that age group. I feel like he was kind of halfway between. So, although there is this like mm-hmm. level of yes, he did torment them, and you can see that especially with like Yuki, with him being tormented from such a young age. I don't feel like that same level of fear could have been implemented into the older th- trio without mm. something else aiding it. And I don't know whether or not it was like the pressure from the rest of the family being like, you have to listen to him. He's the head of the family. All of that kind of stuff. I don't feel like that was necessarily explained enough as to why they still let it happen. Was it guilt that he was he was sacrificing himself for them all to live? Like, I don't know. I don't feel like they necessarily explained that enough for me to fully understand why they didn't stop him sooner. Don't know. And he is either 19 or 20. Okay. So I just looked that up. And yeah, Hattori is 27. I am a the older brother. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this anime. I feel really conflicted because I really want to like it. You know when your body does that thing where it's like, yeah, it was good. And then you sit down to think about it and you're like, I don't understand parts of it. And I don't know if it's because I just didn't get it or if, or like what, you know? Like, it's lovable. It's really lovable. But at the same time, we're lacking so much information. Yeah, it's really, really lovable. The... The characters are so soft and squishy, you know? Mm, like our main four, I'd love to bits. Yeah, and the, the, a lot of the side characters are really well done, you know? Like, you mm-hmm. have side characters that you don't really see for more than an episode that are a really well-rounded, 3D, properly developed characters. And then there's a lot of other characters there that you have this level of like, oh, what are they doing there? And you want to know more and they tease more and you never quite get it. The use of conflict resolution, conflict resolution, conflict resolution worked for building the characters, but it built characters to just leave. Yeah. And I don't know how I feel about the whole Q second transformation thing. I don't know if it was necessarily hinted enough early on. I definitely don't think so. Because I feel like it's something that, because him and Yuki had such a horrible relationship with each other in the beginning, always down each Mm. other's throats, always fighting, screaming at each other, hating each other. I don't think that as teenage boys, Yuki would have seen Q and not use that against him. Right. And I don't think, I found some, yeah, there, there are some moments where I found some characters annoying. Yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to watching the reboot just to see what's different and how they go about retelling certain stories. And also I'm looking forward to having an updated art style as well. Yeah, I liked the art style. It really did remind me of my childhood of, you know, Mm -hmm. watching anime in your Saturday morning cartoons kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's something really nostalgic about that. But it is... Tell you how I'll grade this one. Okay. I'll give it a six with a question mark. Six with a question mark. I think that's fair. And the reason being the question mark is because the reboot will determine if I go back and either raise this or lower this. You will cry. If you didn't cry in this version, you will cry in the reboot. Ooh. 
because there were some parts where I got a little teary. Yeah, I think they do them better. Specifically, um, Momiji. Oh, okay. His whole situation. Yeah, that was... It was sad in this version, yeah, but it had me bawling. And I, I will also say, though, I watched the reboot first, so it may be that I was mm. then kind of desensitized to watching this version because I already knew what was going to happen. Maybe, but I also feel like I was watching this off the tail end of getting through ReZero. Yeah. So it doesn't help that I fell behind on ReZero and watched one of the episodes I fell behind on. And so I started watching this afterwards and I'd already bawled my eyes out over it. Right, so you were like, nah, eh. I'm teared out. Yeah. Well, it's just one of those, like, it's different levels of emotion. So some things didn't hit me as hard, but then there were parts of this that hit me hard. It's just I couldn't bring myself to cry over it because I guess I wasn't as emotionally attached. Yeah. So, I don't know, oh. but I'm looking forward to watching the reboot, but definitely six question marks. Yes. Um, I want to know what they translated the vegetable that Kyo hates as in the dub. A leek. A leek. Okay, that's what I got in the subtitles as well. They weren't leeks. That's not a leek. <laughs> yeah, definitely not a yeah, leek. Yeah, somebody in the I'd... comments said that in the manga it was translated as chives, which makes more sense. I could see that. Yeah. Spring onions. It definitely humored me about how whenever Yuki wanted Kyo to shut up, just shoved a leak in his mouth and he collapsed. Yeah, yeah. but those aren't like I, I feel that. Like, I have, t- I have picky eater tendencies over some things, and that I feel that. <laughs> yeah. And then what else? Oh, can we talk about how freaking cute Yuki is as a rat? Uh, absolutely adorable. Also, Yuki's personality and everything else in general. Yeah. Also, Yuki in a dress. <laughs> Um, I think the dress is the exact same in the remake. I can't wait to see that with updated visuals. Yeah. Though. Also, I love how some of the visuals in this were could pass as current day. Yeah, some of the some of the art was really really well done. A lot of the background stuff was was really really beautiful. I, I'm a big fan of the watercolor style backgrounds and scenery and stuff, but also some of the character designs, like when the wind would blow through Toru and just watching the hair sway back and forth. It was a really awesome visual to see. Mm-hmm. I still just cannot get Yuki's little tiny poor little hands out of my head when they're sitting Toru has fallen fallen down the, the mountainside when they go to the cabin mm-hmm. and then Yuki is trying to like comfort her because then the boys were arguing again, right? And she was mm-hmm. she was sad about it. And then he walks over and he puts his little rat hands on her leg. And I just have that little image, and it's so stinking adorable. And I can't, oh, it I is. can't get over those little hands. Again, there's so much to love, but there's also not enough. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's really one of those things where it's like a teaser, and it makes you want mm. more content. And I can absolutely 100% understand why they're doing a remake of it because of that feeling. You stop watching this and you're like, I want more, I want more, I want more. And so I can understand how people love this show because they keep watching it over and over again, hoping to find more details, you know? And then they go and read the manga and then they want to watch the show again. I can completely understand how it becomes a huge classic. The characters are really, really lovable. So you become attached to them. The OP, because it's consistent all the way through, kind of sticks in your brain, becomes like a nostalgia thing. It brings back memories of of emotions you experienced is kind of like an echo effect every time you hear it so i can understand how that has mm-hmm. also become like a huge nostalgia thing for a lot of people it's a show that many people of our age grew up watching you know mm-hmm. um so 
yeah, now that they're that little bit older, I can see how they would be begging for this to be remade. And then with modern animation techniques and modern computerization and possibly more content with the manga, like, or different content, I don't know what they're going with for the new version, but... Yeah, I'm excited to to watch the second season and and then the third season and see what's different. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to start the reboot whenever I have a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. One of my best friends, I was talking to him about rewatching or watching it, and he was like, "Dude, I remember watching that on TV when I was like eight or nine. Yeah, I was like, "Yeah, well, I'm watching it now, and it's weird." <laughs> yeah, and I can also see how this would absolutely be huge in the queer community. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Yeah, there are so many. Like, I could see the ships on this just sailing. Oh, yeah, there are so many. And not just necessarily, like, the ships as well, but there are characters who are throughout this show that are pretty blatantly queer in some way mm-hmm. or another. Oh, yeah. Possibly mm-hmm. trans. We have a possible trans character. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I don't feel like any of it's offensive, personally. No, like, every bit I of this I feel like it's all, like, lighthearted and well funny. Well done. Yeah. What do you rate it? I'm going to give it a 6.5. Oh. I didn't like the OPRED. I understand how they could be nostalgic, but you guys, I feel at this point, know that I am the opposite of most people when it comes to what I like for the OPRED. This is this is one of those few situations that you and I agree on an It's offbeat. rare that we agree for an OPEDs. Some of the characters I absolutely adore. Some of the characters I found really, really annoying, and their parts where they're, like, soft and squishy don't make up for their annoying moments. Mm-hmm. I feel like the last three or four episodes were insanely rushed, and I feel like mm-hmm. I would have preferred the show if they had taken out those filler episodes and paced those mm-hmm. last few episodes longer. Yeah. I uh, don't really fully get the whole situation at the very end with Toru being so devastated about Kyo and his second form and then Mm. how Hannah persuades her to go and find him again. I don't get the switch. There's supposed to be a moment there where her mind changes and she wants to go and find him again and I don't Mm. really know where along the journey that happens. Yeah. I feel like she just kind of stumbles back to him and then when she's there, says that she wants to go home with him. Mm. And I don't really get it. <laughs> oh no, I 100% agree. It is definitely a a weird decision. Yeah, oh. I just don't know if it was poorly executed, or if the translation that I watched wasn't amazing, or if I just wasn't in the moment enough while watching it. I might have to watch it again and try and reevaluate. But I feel like there have been other shows where a situation very similar to that has taken place that have been so much more clear. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I'm looking forward to the reboot, though. Yeah, me too. I'll try to squeeze it in. Mm-hmm. Sooner rather than later, instead of throwing it to the end of the list like I've done a lot of stuff here lately. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Shall we wrap this bitch up? Yes, let's. So, you can find the absolutely lovely Blue Lavender at twitch.tv forward slash Blue Lavender. She doesn't stream, but that's there. That's an option. If she ever decides to go back to it, drop her a follow. Also has Instagram and Twitter at Blue Lavender STM. If you like art updates, Blue likes to post art updates over there. Live updates on Twitter or stream updates. Sometimes. I don't know. It's there. Yeah. And then she also has the most adorable Instagram for her dog Tilly at the best Tilly Bean. That's definitely worth checking out if you like photos of doggos. That's the way to go. Yeah. 
And if you like Brad, who has been with me for the entire thing here and for all of the other episodes of this podcast, you can find him. He has been streaming way regularly, so go check him out on Twitch at Brad Carter Gaming. You can also find him on Instagram under the same handle. He's super easy, easy to find. He also runs our Instagram and Twitter for the podcast at BNB Anime. We're at BNB Anime on all of our socials, so be sure to drop us a follow, a like, or whatever it is that you have to do on whatever specific social that you're on. We are also on YouTube. YouTube, where we put all of our episodes of the podcast and some super fun bonus stuff that is going to be coming very soon. I'm working on it. It's exciting. Get ready. Yeah, that's on our YouTube channel, also at BNB Anime. We also have a very fun website. Our website is www.bnbanime.com, where we have all of our previously archived episodes, links to your favorite listening platform, as well as some behind-the-scenes stuff, some stuff to help you get to know me and Brad, some pictures of our artwork, some voice acting stuff that we've been working on, friends of the podcast, all that fun stuff. You can all find that on the website as well. So, thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. April is shaping up to be one of our biggest months Mm -hmm. ever on the podcast for the amount of stuff that we are covering. Super exciting! Next month, you have to look forward to the second season of Dr. Stone, the second core of season two of ReZero, the second season of The Promised Neverland, and also... We are covering a beloved anime of both Blue and I in the first season of Chihaya Furu. Yeah, it was like the first anime that Brad and I watched together, and mm-hmm. it really, really formed our friendship. It really did, because it was one of those, like, it was one of the first animes that she and I just agreed upon and just kind of fell in love with to where we just couldn't stop yeah. after that. Like, season two, season three, as it was coming out, it was wonderful that we both just kind of clicked and connected over that and there's i'm excited to cover it because it's the first time that i've watched anything to do with the series in over a year and i know it's the same for you as well because i don't think you ever finished season three no i didn't and it is it is debatable to say that without you for there's a chance that this podcast would have never came to be 100 percent. like it's just weird how everything kind of fell into place because of everything that was going yeah. on in that time yeah, it, it really did this this so, anime started everything for us so i'm i'm looking forward to covering Ooh. it at the end of april also april's not a good month for me man oh oh because you're gonna be watching the, the, the yearly rewatch of your line april is coming so you guys get to listen to me whine and complain about that too i don't know how i'm gonna have time to rewatch your line april with everything else i have going on but you know what i'm looking forward to it i'm ready to cry Cowdy, i miss yeah, you yeah it's, it's <laughs> gonna be something all right that's for sure but until then we'll catch y'all next time Bye-bye. bye bye